So, how long have you been Ant-Man again? No, uh, it just sort of happened. I wish I could fight bad guys like you. I seem to mess it up almost every time. Maybe you just need someone watching your back. Like a partner. Dr. Pym, I actually heard what happened to you. You opened up the quantum realm. That's why this crazy could be ghost who like walks through walls and stuff. Stole your tech. Now she wants to take over the world or whatever. Who would have believed that in your hour of need, you would turn to us? Okay. Because we robbed you. Do you remember? That's us. The open chest you got. It's both of you. Ant-Man and the Wasp teaming up. Follow my lead. She seems... More intense. You go low, I go high. I have wings. Why would I go low? We're gonna die. I don't wanna die. We're gonna die! Hey, what I miss? We were just tiny. I was partners with Hank on a project called Goliath. How big did you get? My record: twenty-one feet. You? Sixty-five feet. Sixty-five. If you two are finished comparing sizes, sixty-five. So, episode 9, I am your host, Bearded Buddha, and on today's show, we will be discussing the latest addition to the MCU, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Whoa, what was that? Just kidding. Um, thank y'all for tuning in uh, for another episode of Wondersoul. Uh, this is episode nine. Wow. And the support so far has been great and amazing. So thank you. I wanted to just get that out right here in the beginning. And uh, thank you. It just keeps me motivated. And that's why I've been on this uh, this role and just putting out episode after episode. Because there's so much that I want to talk about with y'all and also with other people um, like my friends and uh, having them on and stuff. And I think you guys will like them. And uh, yeah. So anyways, I went and saw... Ant-Man and the Wasp tonight. I am a big Marvel uh, fan. I'm not a fanboy. Okay, when they when they mess up, I, I keep myself honest, and I you know I I let others know too. Uh, but they have done an an extremely good job of not disappointing me. Um, there's been a couple films in the MCU that have been kind of, yeah, whatever it happened. I watched it. There are some good things in it. And, uh, but you know, I don't rush to buy it on Blu-ray or watch it again. Um, stuff like the, the first couple Thor's right. Thor and Thor, the dark world. I think most people agree on that. Um, some of the Iron Man sequels, I don't really care for to be honest, but you know, we're at the 20th MCU film. Ant-Man and the Wasp, the sequel to Ant-Man, and uh, it's 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 wild that we're just 
so used to this uh, this cinematic universe idea, um, especially coming off of Infinity War and everything. It, it's just been ridiculous, and we've been pretty spoiled up to this point with, you know, comic book superhero movies that have actually been good. Um, you know, granted, there's some other ones that still have some things to work on, but there's potential out there, and there, there's um, the format that Marvel has stuck with and discovered and created for the most part, and it's worked. Um, it hasn't been perfect, but it's worked. And um, so before I get into the movie um, and just my discussion on it, the first part is going to be strictly spoiler free. So don't worry about that. I will make sure that you guys know when I'm going to go into um, all those details and spoilers. Okay. Because I don't like to ruin things for people and I don't like it when people ruin stuff for me. So, you know, just bear that in mind. If you listen to this first part of the uh, the episode, it'll just give you an idea of what I thought if I liked or if I didn't. And um, I'll just let you know if I think, you know, you should go check it out. But if um, you want to come back and listen to the rest after you see it, or if you don't care about spoilers, then that's when I'll start to get into all the the uh, the small details. <laughs> pun. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is the 20th MCU film. And um, the first Ant-Man was okay. Um, it wasn't bad. It felt very safe. I know that they had some issues as far as the direction and the director and writers. Um, I forgot the names, but there was this last minute change or something happened. So uh, the director, which is uh, Peyton Reed, I think his name is, uh, he, he did this one, the sequel, and he did the first one. But he wasn't the original, you know, first choice to do these movies. And uh, part of me is a little you know, um, salty about that because I would have liked to see another director's vision for this character. And, uh, but I haven't been completely disappointed. I, I enjoyed the first one. I don't really think I've seen it maybe two or three times since it's, you know, since the theaters. Um, uh, so, you know, with this one, the sequel, uh, I was looking forward to it, but I wasn't, I wasn't really like counting down the days or anything. I think everybody's still um, coming off the uh, the the hype that was Infinity War. That that movie alone just had so much build up and a lot of um, expectations and just you know any of these Avenger movies where you have all these characters that most of the time have their own films and storylines combining and sharing the screen and stuff. Uh, Marvel's done a pretty good job, I think, of adding these movies like the Ant-Man movies that kind of bridge the gaps between uh, these bigger films because um, they're not equal. And that's something we need to go ahead and put out there because Infinity War, as amazing as it was, in my opinion, uh, it kind of threw off Black Panther for me, which I still enjoyed. And, uh, you know, uh, this one who came, the, the movie that comes after Infinity War, I think they got affected by just how big, uh, Avengers Infinity War was, but you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to put that to the side, but I, I think that's still important to put out there that where Marvel has this cinematic universe and this structure and, um, format, it works for them like 75% of the time, but there is that 15, 25% that really, um, there's those drawbacks, right? But before I go any further, let me go ahead and read you guys the synopsis of Ant-Man and the Wasp. So you guys who may not really follow these movies as heavy as I do, you, you'll be able to catch an idea of what the movie's about. So it goes... In the aftermath of Captain America Civil War, which is one of my favorites, Scott Lang, uh, which is Ant-Man, grapples with the consequences of his choices as both a superhero and a father as he struggles to rebalance his home life with his responsibilities as Ant-Man. He confronted, he's confronted by Hope Van Dyne and Dr. Hank Pym with an urgent new mission. Scott must once again put on the suit and learn to fight alongside the Wasp 
as the team works together to uncover secrets from their past. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what happened. Um, it's, it's a good movie. Let me go ahead and throw that out there for y'all. I'm not going to be like most reviewers, hopefully. Uh, I, I, I did have some notes and I thought about it on the ride, like the ride home, but this is more of just me reacting. And I'm sure after I sleep on it, I might have a different opinion, but still, this is the kind of movie where, uh, I don't think there requires too much, um, in-depth analysis of it. Uh, so I, there's, it's just, it's a comedy. This, let's just be upfront. It's a comedy. Uh, it's lighthearted. It's fun. Um, and that's smart on Marvel's part to have this come after Infinity War, after the heaviness and the emotion, um, the emotions that came from Infinity War and what happened in that movie, especially near the end. And I'm pretty sure most of you guys have seen that movie, but just just to be safe, I'm not going to go into any details about that movie. Um, and you really don't need to because like like the uh, synopsis says, this is after Civil War. Uh, this is Scott Lang after that movie. And, and so to put you in the timeline, um, this movie takes place after Civil War but before Infinity War. Okay, So it kind of fills in that gap, which is cool. Um, because, uh, I mean, this isn't really a spoiler. Ant-Man wasn't in Avengers Infinity War. You can see that throughout the trailers and throughout the, um, posters and stuff. So I think that was pretty clear. Him and, um, Hawkeye were, um, they took a deal, um, because of the whole thing with Civil War and how the superheroes, um, were basically it was basically illegal for them to just go out and be superheroes and do stuff and the government wanted to keep a closer eye on them and make sure that they didn't you know do anything without them knowing or even their permission right um so i like i said i i you know this the first one was good it wasn't great uh, i haven't really watched it that much and this one uh it kind of falls in that same um, that direction for me, I guess, and that that I like this one better than the first one, but I it's it still missed a couple beats as far as like the potential for what they could have done with this character, with this like the this uh, power set and everything, and the you know just the story in general. But let me just get on to some like high points and stuff. Um, the music was pretty good. You know, I think they've realized from Guardians and how successful that uh, soundtrack was that they need to put in some good uh, popular music. And so that's sprinkled through there. Um, the settings, this takes place in San Francisco, I think. Uh, so that's that's a good switch up between like New York and some of the other places that you see the in the uh the marvel movies and stuff and plus we get a little we get some glimpses into the quantum realm which we saw in the first ant-man um but this is ant-man and the wasp all right so the focus should be on those two characters the villain is uh this character named ghost who where she can like phase through walls and stuff um there's like obviously there's some police and the government, they're kind of like the bad guys in a way because, you know, Scott Lang, he's supposed to be on house arrest. He's not supposed to be doing anything. And um, and then you got a couple, um, well, then Ghost, I guess. So it's like those are the two, like, quote-unquote villains in this movie. Um, the effects are pretty dope. <laughs> uh, just with the, the shrinking effects and, and Ant-Man becoming uh, Giant Man and stuff, I think that was all... Uh, cool and how they use the size changing uh, powers and abilities on different items and objects in this in this movie especially during some of the action scenes it's pretty fun and um, and the action is fun uh, when they when stuff's going on you're, you're enjoying it this movie altogether is entertaining uh, it's not to be taken serious and I think that was uh, on purpose especially after like I said Infinity Wars um, I'm going to get into that a little bit later, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's just like, Hey, eat your popcorn, 
just have a good laugh uh, and and don't take it too serious because once you do you ruin the experience and at the end of the day we got to remember that these are comic book movies uh, they're goofy they're weird I mean people are in love now with a talking raccoon and a talking tree and I think Marvel is kind of like y'all will pay us to put out anything right you know you don't care it the weirder the better and i think with some characters and their world i think that's the best route to go is the weirder the better uh, for example doctor strange i liked that movie but i can't wait for a sequel because in infinity war you see like the weirdness that doctor strange and his power set can the potential for that so i hope that they get a little bit more in a trippier sense in the sequels right and um guardians in the galaxy with the space and stuff that's weird you got all these different aliens and characters and planets and that's fun it's fun i think if you embrace that and you're creative with it then um you'll have a good time so i was looking forward to seeing if they were gonna push the envelope a little bit with this one considering how the first one had those issues as far as scripts and director and the direction and vibe, the overall vibe of the film. And, um, you know, they, there's more of it. There's, they, they do, um, mess around with all the different, uh, pin particles, which are the things that make Ant-Man big and small and the wasp big. Oh, well, she only gets small, but, um, and the, you know, they use it on like the salt shaker, like you see in the trailer and the, uh, the Hello Kitty Peds dispenser, stuff like that. And it's fun. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's pretty fast paced. Uh, it kicks off and it doesn't really ever slow down. It's just you're either laughing or something's going on and the plot is just moving and moving and moving. And um, the Wasp, uh, even though um, Hope, yeah, Hope Van Dyne, even though she's in the first Ant-Man, she, she's not the Wasp. The original Wasp is her mother who was lost in the quantum realm. And uh, that's pretty much what this movie is centered around is that they believe that they can find her and rescue her and that she is alive. And um, it's, it's cool to see the wasp um, be fleshed out as such a, like a word that they used uh, in the press tours and stuff when they talked to, uh, Oh, I forgot her name. Let me let me just get her name. Who plays uh, the Wasp? I think it's uh, Evangeline Lilly. I probably butchered that for some reason, but um, yeah, she said something about it being like kinetic. That she's just pow pow pow, and she is, and it's cool. Like her action scenes to me are are cooler than what Ant Man does throughout the movie. Um, just with her wings and she has like these blasters and stuff. So it's fun seeing her just like going, uh, normal size to small, moving around, using items around her, uh, you know, in combat and stuff. And it's just fun. And she, the, you know, uh, Hope Van Dyne as a character is, is, is good. She's good. Um, and she has like that, you know, I guess a romance with, uh, Scott Lang, Paul Rudd and, um, their chemistry is good. A lot of people before I saw this movie, I saw where they were saying the chemistry was really good. Um, I don't think that they really, they work together. Um, but it's like the beginning of their relationship as a, uh, you know, a team, almost like a Batman Robin. Right. Um, so we only see like the potential for that. And we see it, a peak here and there. But for the movie being called Ant-Man and the Wasp, I honestly didn't really feel like we got that. Um, I don't think we got that put out to its fullest potential, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, both of those characters are in this movie and they are the center characters and the main characters. But as far as them working together, though they do, there, was, there wasn't there was enough in there for me personally where I was like, oh, dude, yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And when I think of that, I think about the things that they did in the movie together. Uh, they each have their moment. I mean, a lot of the characters, even the side characters, um, you got uh, Michael Pena as Lewis, 
uh, Ti as Dave, um, uh, some some other characters out there like because it's the people that work for Scott Lang. They're like ex-cons who run like security systems, and they were in the first one, and they're funny, but they're just now kind of sprinkled in there to have their like haha laugh moment, and then that's really it. Um, but not to get off track on the wasp, I, I think it was good. I think that it was it was really um, it was really fun to see them. They could have just went Ant Man and made an Ant Man sequel and just focused on him, but they brought in the Wasp and they teased that from the first one. And to see them both use their powers but have different set of powers was uh, it was entertaining and it was cool. And they're part of the original Avengers. If you ever looked up the original lineup for the Avengers, um, even though it was Hank Pym and his wife, um, they were part of the original group. So it's fun. It's like, um, what's his face? Oh my God, the dude that runs the MCU. Anyways, he was just saying like, yeah, now we finally got all the characters from the MCU um, or in the MCU that were part of that original Avengers team. And that's really, it's really exciting just to finally see that all come come together because even though we've seen so many other characters even um characters that nobody really heard about because honestly i never really knew much about the guardians of the galaxy before uh the movie came out you know but that that's blown up um you know ant-man he can change his size to big now we've seen that in civil war which was one of the highlights to that movie and um that's fun and they they make fun of that he has sometimes he has some problems with his you know changing his size and stuff and i don't want to get too into that but yeah it's cool to see him grow and not just be ant man this small miniature character you know flying around on an ant you see him like as this big you know uh strong character uh and it's just it's cool the effects are cool um i i think they could have pushed the envelope a little bit more but I, it's definitely a step forward um, from the first one. So if you didn't feel like they did enough in the first one, I think you'll get an, you'll get your fill here. But I think you'll still want some more if you're like me. Um, a point about this movie, though, it is funny. It's my more of my type of humor. A lot of people I know love the Guardians movies, and I like them too. I don't love them. I like them. They're enjoyable. I like the characters. I like Chris Pratt. Um, and it's they are funny. But it's not really my funny. This and Thor Ragnarok are more my humor. I found myself chuckling more in this movie than I did in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, Thor Ragnarok is still one of the funnier of the movies. And probably one of the best Marvel movies, I think. Because where it can make you laugh, the action, the... Uh, the style, color, and vibe of that movie is just perfect for me. I love it because I think they really put uh, that Jack Kirby art style in the uh, up front and center, and it shows. But um, yeah, so the effects were were dope. I liked it. Uh, the action was fun. Uh, the chemistry between Ant Man and the Wasp is good as well. Uh, Michael Douglas as Hank Pym, he's good and he's good in everything. Um, the villain, uh, Ghost, is okay. Um, you know, if you know anything about Marvel, people argue that Marvel's not good at making villains, and I think they've heard people and they tried their best to make these villains uh, better and and deeper and have a little bit more focus on them uh, a lot of people like killmonger and i do and a lot of people like thanos and i do and and that's to me marvel responding to their quote-unquote villain issue which they, they they've had some pretty forgettable villains you know their heroes are really good and i think at the end of the day um that's important or it's more important to have your heroes uh be set up and done right than the villains because most of the time these villains are just one and done, right? But that hero is going to be in sequels and, and other films. So if you get that wrong, but you get the villain right, I don't, you know, 
does it is that better i don't think so to me like with the dark knight right that's one of my favorite movies but i'm not a huge fan of the christian bale batman um but i loved heath ledger's joker like most people but that's like a case for me where yeah that villain was really good and if uh if heath ledger didn't pass um you know rest in peace but you know it came out that i was reading something this week saying that he was wanting to do more and i know that christopher nolan wanted to do more but that's it's not called the joker you know it's called batman so you have to get well it's not even called batman it was called the dark knight but you get what i'm saying anyways it's it the ghost or ghost um the character uh, that's the villain in Ant-Man and the Wasp. She's good. Uh, she's a little sympathetic. She has a tragic backstory. And um, her power set is pretty cool. She can phase through things. And she's, you know, the action with her is cool. But, you know, that's where it kind of backfires on them. Because it feels like that's, they think that that's the, the route to go now. It's like, okay, every villain should be sympathetic or have some, kind of story where you're like, yo, I understand why you're doing what you're doing um, to a certain degree, but the way you're going about doing it, mm, I'm not a big fan of. Um, But other than that, it was good. But then there's like this other small time uh, crook bad guy, I forgot what his name, um, uh, Sony Birch, which is the character's name, but is uh, the actor's Walton Goggins. And he's in there and I, I, he was good, but it was unnecessary. as part of the splitting out the villain screen time between ghost and, and his character, I, I guess it just felt like they couldn't make the cops the, um, the focus point because then you're, you're borderline, uh, like Ant-Man's a vigilante, even though he sort of is, um, any, you know, Scott Lang in the books, um, you know, he, he's, he's a thief, you know? So, but he's not like a bad, bad dude. He's not like the, well, not even saying that the Punisher is bad, but you know, he's not out there murdering people and stuff like that, but they couldn't make the cops like, if they just had the cops and then they had Ghost, I think that would have been better, but I I guess I understand why they went in the direction they did. Um, I'm trying to think of what else to to tell you guys before moving on to any kind of spoilers or anything. Um... Let's see. The humor hit for the most part with me. I mean, humor is a funny thing, though, and it's almost like a horror movie. You know, some things scare people and some things don't. And some things are funny to some people and some things aren't. So, you know, you got to tread. It's just personal opinion at that point. But I liked it. I laughed a lot more. Um, The supporting cast was good. Some of them were unnecessary. Um, It doesn't really stand on its own, though. it's a reflection of Avengers Infinity War. And um, that's unfortunate to me. I wish they kind of took this character in this world or his world and made it kind of like how James Gunn has made Guardians uh, 1 and 2 basically be its own thing, even though it's in the Marvel Universe and it's connected. A lot of the storylines in this movie are a reflection of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So... With that being said, it really helps. If not, it's a, a must that you've seen the other films or at least know what's going on. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, there was a pretty good crowd out there tonight. You know, I usually go to these Thursday night showings and it's pretty bleak. Um, I don't know if people just haven't caught on because I used to go to like midnight showings. But now they've done these earlier showings like at 6, 7. I went to a 6.45 tonight. But it was a pretty good crowd. So that shows the impact of Avengers Infinity War. It was such a massive hit that um, this being the one after, I think if you weren't really uh, – in, uh, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you weren't someone like me who I I, I look into all this stuff, I, I read the comic books and stuff, so I'm always up to date with what's going on. Um, people probably thought this took place after Infinity War, so they were really interested to see what's, you know, well, what happens. But, you know, hopefully you're not disappointed. But it, like I said earlier, it takes place after Civil War and before Infinity War. So you're not going to get that. Um, but 
there was a lot of people there. I mean, for an Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, for an Ant-Man movie, I mean, it's a silly hero, you know? Um, when the first one got announced, uh, I knew just my friends didn't really talk about it like they've talked about other ones because it was just like, oh, Ant-Man, okay, whatever. It's a Marvel movie, all right, whatever. I saw it, yeah, it was all right. You know, that was their reaction to it. I liked it, but, you know, that's that's me. Um, I think that's really it. Uh, I think it was cool. It was clever the the way they used the um, the size changing, like in the cars and then the chase scenes and action scenes. I think they could have done a better job. But uh, overall, look, it's Ant-Man and the Wasp. I already talked a little bit more than I thought I was going to on just the general vibe of it. I liked it. I think if you're looking for just a fun, lighthearted movie, a comedy, um, especially to get out of the summer heat, Yo, go check it out. Um, if you've liked all the other Marvel movies, I'm sure you'll like this one. Um, if you liked the first Ant-Man, I I honestly think that you'll like this one better. If you didn't like the first Ant- Ant-Man, I mean, I think you'll like this one and it would redeem the first one for you. So with that being said, I'm not going to give it like a rating or anything. I'm just going to say, hey, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It's a little corny and uh, don't take it super serious um, and just have a good time with it, you know, because at the end of the day, that's what most of these movies are are for. Um, it's, um, you know, I like the grounded uh, in reality take on some of these heroes and, and other movies, but it's also good, especially with our <laughs> the way society and the world is already. There's already enough drama and stuff going on in the news and stuff that, it it feels good to see one of these uh, films and and just and, and just have a good time, you know. So you know, go see it. So if you don't want spoilers, and there's really not a lot to spoiler uh, spoil, I mean, for this film, like I said, it's it's not too deep, but just I want to kind of nerd out and geek out on some of the details and before I wrap it up. Um, so if you don't want any of that, probably just like jump off here at this moment. We're at the, like the 30 minute mark, if not close to, and, uh, come back after you've seen it. But if you don't care then stick around till the rest of the episode and, uh, yeah. So let's see, where do I even want to start? Uh, let me look at my board here. Um, the effects were dope and the action was fun and the, and the size changing was cool. I think they need to get weirder. I think they need to push it further. Maybe find a new director, just to be honest. I'm not saying Peyton Reed is a bad director or anything. I, I think they just said, hey, man, you did enough, a good enough job with taking over on the first one. We're just going to let you here. We'll throw you a bone. Take this one. And even if that's not the case, um, I just felt like their focus was so uh, honed in on Black Panther and Infinity War that this movie unfortunately just kind of got you know okay you guys can just have the crumbs and whatever is left over you'll come out in the summer after infinity war people go see it because it's marvel and you know just be goofy and funny so nobody can really judge you too harshly and you know that's unfortunate like i was talking about the movie not standing on its own i think they need to do that next time i don't this is my thing about the marvel cinematic universe and I'm not going to get all negative Nancy, but I don't like when the movie's centered story is so wrapped up in the events of everything else, then it really feels like a comic book. I don't know if you guys have read comic books, um, but usually when there's events or something going on, there's these tie-in issues or stuff like that. And there's just like to understand the movie as a whole you need to know the backstory and what's going on in other characters' lives and what's happened in other movies. Um, and I don't think that should be the case. I think it's smart to make a movie universe, and it's really cool, and I enjoy that. But movies like The Avengers is when it should all feel come connected and you should know what's going on. When it's Ant-Man and the Wasp, the sequel to Ant-Man, I feel like if I wanted to, I should be able to watch Ant-Man, I guess uh, Civil War, Captain America Civil War, because he's in it, and then watch this one. Um, and, and I could watch those on my own and, and get everything that's going on. If you watch those ones, yes, you do get what's going on, but it, it still feels like 
the writers sat down and said, like in the synopsis, it talks about after the events of Captain America Civil War. No, don't give me that. Just give me an Ant-Man and the Wasp centered story that takes place in a universe, in a world that, yes, we know that there's Thor and Iron Man and Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. These characters are there just like most of the time in the books. But, you know, Scott Lang's life and his movie isn't being like, uh, the reflection and result of these other films. So hopefully they give it a little bit more focus, um, especially now that they have this cool thing with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, and those two are a team in themselves so they can, you know, take the attention and take that load um, just by themselves. With that being said, like I said, I don't really feel like we got the teamwork you know, I don't think the name, the title justifies what happened in the movie. I think they each have their moments to shine and cool parts, but them working together doesn't happen enough for me to, uh, to really, I mean, I don't think you could have called it anything else. I'm just saying, I wish there was a little bit more of that. Um, and that way you don't have to spread everything out because those characters are working together in the same scenes. Sure, they're going to have their individual moments because maybe the story has them separated or something. But for the most part, I wanted to see them really team up and do their thing. Um, and I don't know if it's in contracts and stuff, but when you have a hero in these movies uh, that has a mask or a helmet or something, I don't like it when uh, they do uh, do the most to take that helmet off to show the actor's face any chance they get, you know? It's kind of like, uh, really, you know, I don't think they would, that character would do that in, in, in the books or just in general. If I got a mask, you know, I'm not going to keep pressing this button on my side of my neck and my helmet comes down all the time. I think that's just like, Hey, you know, we want to show Paul Rod's face. We don't want to show these people. Um, so they know who that, who it is. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, the giant man stuff was cool. I think they made Scott Lang a little too fucking goofy though. I don't know. Somebody mentioned that like, it almost feels like they retcon, you know, Scott Lang as a character. Uh, you had this whole stuff with him and his daughter and him being a father in the first one that was really cool and relatable. Even though he was kind of a fuck up, he realized that his mistakes and actions had effects and not only, um, consequences, but negative consequences. Uh, on those around him and those that he loved and uh, he tried his best to stay in line and um, in this one they just kind of made him just kind of like airheadish and just kind of like oh I'm so I knew what that meant <laughs> I know what the scientific you know like I like uh, Star Lord and Chris Pratt right I like how he's goofy and he's not like the smartest guy in the room but he's got a, uh, you know, um, a vibe of him that's, you know, he's cocky and confident and stuff. And now I feel like those two characters are pretty similar, but maybe now Scott Lang's just a little too goofy. Like I wouldn't trust him to save the world. There's even a scene in the movie near the end where he's just running away from the ghost. They're not fighting. He's just like, oh guys, I'm in trouble. Ooh, I got my power. I guess he's supposed to be a distraction, but it also seems like he's, uh, he just doesn't know how to fight. He doesn't really, I don't, I don't know. You guys tell me how you feel. Like besides when he was in civil war and he became giant man for that moment and, uh, he was fighting and stuff when he's just normal size, Scott Lang or Ant-Man, he seems like he's just kind of just a distraction. So I wish they would find better ways for him to be more of a badass. I mean, come on, you guys took someone like Captain America who was just a guy with a American flag, you know, costume and a shield and, and movies like winter soldier made him a badass. So, you know, I wish it would just, there's so many creative ways you can do it with his abilities, with his powers that I think they took anything that could have been Ant-Man's and it was Wasp. Wasp, when she's fighting and flying around and shrinking and growing back, she's a badass, and it makes you go, damn, the Wasp is cool as fuck i'm glad that she's in this you know but it makes it's almost at the cost of ant-man he's just kind of like oh man uh, you taught me how to fight you know i don't know how to do anything i mean he's not like completely dumb but you know 
So I wish they would just kind of make him a little bit more serious. That's another thing. Um, the movie is so lighthearted and so goofy and funny and whatever, where other movies have been like, for example, guardians of the galaxy volume two that had some fun, you know, comedy, like different tones like that. But near the end for the climax, shit got serious. It even got emotional and got sad. You felt the, the, that there was consequences, that there was something uh, to, you know, at risk. But maybe because of Infinity War, they're like, yo, we need to give people a break. So let's just keep it like very contained and it's not a big deal. Oh, excuse me. But, and that's my thing. It's just like coming off of Infinity War, this movie almost like took a, you know, had to sacrifice a lot of its potential. Um, and hopefully with the third one, they, they round it out almost like Ragnarok, right? So you had Thor and Thor, Dark World, and then you get something like Ragnarok, which kind of redeems the whole series. And so maybe we'll get that with Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, or whatever they call it, part two, or, you know, Ant-Man three, whatever. Um, but let's see, what else? I think that's really about it. I mean, you get, uh, you know, uh, they get what's her face uh the wasp's mom uh they get her from the quantum realm but i almost felt like she was going to be a villain but it's nothing really they just find her um and that that in itself didn't really feel like there was like a lot at risk like uh, uh michael douglas or hank pym goes into the quantum realm yeah there's some other stuff going on as far as they're trying to get that office building that you see in the trailers that uh, Hank Pym shrinks down and like pulls it like it's, um, you know, his baggage and stuff. But, uh, you know, there's this whole chase and stuff going on, but like that was just kind of like, Oh, they found her. Cool. I almost thought she was like trying to get them to get her out. So then she could unleash something out there, but maybe because they knew they had this whole Thanos and infinity war thing coming out that they kind of back backed off that. Um, there is two post-credit scenes. Do not, do not prompt. Trust me. Do not stay for the second one. It's stupid. Uh, it's just that ant playing fucking drums. And the first one, uh, you know, was pretty cool. Uh, and it connects to what people were hoping it would connect to Infinity War. And you see basically what happened to uh, Scott Lang and where he was. And that's going to be interesting to see how they get him in the next Avengers, uh, which comes out next year. Uh, the one that comes uh, after, I think because the next one is Captain Marvel, right? Um, but so it'll be interesting to see how they pull him into the, the story and everything and, and the result of that because uh, they, they're dead or they got affected by Thanos and the snap, you know, the infamous snap. A um, couple other things. I just want to make sure because I'm still processing it. Um, and this being my first like movie talk and discussion, especially with something like these Marvel films, which I, I have a passion for. And, and I, I, there's so much going through my head right now as I'm trying to process it. I might take a little bit more time next time. But I still, I think it's fun to just geek out and talk about it right after as soon as possible. Um, but with that, uh, Ghost, she was an okay villain. But, you know, we you're going to have to find a different way to make a, a cool villain without it being like, oh, she had a, she lost her parents and oh, her power is she's, she's hurting all the time. And that's why she needs to find a cure. And she, that's why she's doing the things she's doing. It's like, yeah, I mean, you can that that trick only works so many times, and that's it with with Marvel. Marvel, if uh, it's gonna it's gonna become its own worst enemy if they you know down the road there won't be some people already have superhero fatigue, movie fatigue, whatever. But if Marvel just thinks that they can just you know make kind of copy and paste certain like trends and tropes that they have in their own movies and just kind of call them by different names or different characters. I think that's, what's going to hurt them, especially when the people who pay attention to this stuff a lot, you know, point it out and they, you know, it just kind of gets to a point where it's like, all right, you know, give me a different villain. You can make another villain 
that's interesting and good without having the same tropes of having like this, oh, I see why you're doing why you're doing, but then again, you're doing it, you're going about it the whole wrong way. Um, we do kind of miss out on the the father side of Scott Lang. Um, I, I know a lot of people like that about the first one, his, his relationship with his daughter and him, you know, doing most of the stuff because of his daughter, you know, and um, like he has a line in this movie where he talks about, you know, while I was locked up in prison there uh, during Civil War and stuff, you know, I could have been in there for a hundred years, but it was the thought of my daughter that kept me going. But she's just kind of sprinkled in here, like in the beginning, the middle, and the end. Uh, but she's not like uh, Ant Man, and as in, as the main character isn't the center of the story. I don't think this is all about them trying to find the original Wasp, uh, Hope Van Dyne's mom. Hank Pym's wife, because um, she shrunk so small to stop that missile in that flashback, and she's in the quantum realm. Speaking of all that, they do those flashbacks and the de-aging technology and special effects they have at Marvel and Disney and stuff is it's un it's unreal. It's almost like they have a time machine. They go and grab those actors when they were younger, and they go, "Hey, psst, come over here!" And they step in the machine. Boom! They're in 2018, and they're like, "Hey, just film this scene. Cool, and we'll send you back. Here's a check. All right, go." Because it looks, it looks like that. That's what they did, but it's just special effects. I'm sure that these. Uh, actors that they use it on have so many works out there that they have some cool tech that can take uh, their facial uh, expressions and looks from those works and just pictures and stuff and make it look so good because Michael Douglas, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, who I forgot to mention is um, the original Wasp, uh, they look just like super young. It's wild. It's crazy what they can do. I mean, the effects are good in this. I just want it to be almost a little bit weirder, a lot, a little bit more creative when it comes to, you know, how these action scenes happen and just what they can do with the size changing stuff. Because I think there's a lot of potential there, and um, it's just I think it's almost an injustice to this film and this character to just have it be this uh, placeholder. Uh, in the summer after a big hit like Infinity War. and um, But that's kind of like with Black Panther. I liked Black Panther. Um, I didn't fall in love with it like some people did, but I still liked it. And But it, it was hard to like walk out that theater and not go, ooh, but now I'm ready for Infinity War because I knew that that was up on the, like, in the horizon. So it was like short-lived that I, I was like, oh, that was a good movie. Okay, now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. Especially when you start seeing in the trailers where Wakanda and Black Panther and all that, you know, was going to be in Infinity War and be pretty heavily used and stuff. So, but yeah, other than that, man, it's a good film. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple other people in there. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, he plays this character named Goliath, or that's what he his name was uh he's dr bill foster him and hank pym kind of hate each other but you know they used to work together and stuff and he used to um experiment with the growth stuff um like ant-man does and they have a little joke in there uh randall park he's uh jimmy woo who's uh the uh, police officer or the fbi agent who's keeping tabs on scott lang and that was really funny and cool and I like these comedians uh, <laughs> uh, in these movies, uh, especially um, who's well, like Paul Rudd. I mean, who doesn't like Paul Rudd? I mean, this movie, like I, I was listening to Corey Coleman on Double Toasted uh, talk about, you know, you already get people's attention and people already like this movie just by having Paul Rudd in there. It's really hard to not like him. He's a really uh, funny, relatable character, especially the Scott Lang character that he's portraying. It's just like why people like Chris Pratt as Star-Lord. And um, so, I mean, everybody does a good job. They do what they can with what they got. Um, you know, it's just don't take it so serious. 
It's just your your dessert after having two mega hits with Black Panther and, and Avengers Infinity War. So that's really all I got to say about it. I think that I liked it. I enjoyed it on the ride home. I was just like, yeah, it was a fun movie, man. I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, there's some memorable things in there, but there's a lot of things in there that are forgettable. And that's where I, I start thinking to myself like, Oh, you guys could have done something. You, you could have done a little bit more there. Um, let me see. That's a little fun thing I want to do. Cause most people do this before they see the, uh, see a movie in the theaters. I don't really, I don't really hinge a lot of stuff on any of this, but you know, that's just me. Uh, right now it's sitting at an 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the critics consensus is a lighter, brighter superhero movie powered by the effortless charisma of Paul Rudd. Uh, why can't I say her name tonight? Uh, Evangeline Lily, man, dude, y'all, y'all are gonna give me so much shit for her name. I don't know why I can't say it tonight. Um, I apologize. <laughs> I'll have to redeem myself some other time. Uh, but Ant Man and the Wasps offers a much needed MCU palate cleanser, yeah, and that's a good point. Maybe that's what they were going with, uh, going for. Um, but you know, like, who uses movies just as like that's. That's what it's for. No, I don't think you sacrifice a, a story's plot and, uh, you know, characters and stuff just to cleanse a palate. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's see. Let's read a couple of the reviews from the critics just for shits and giggles. Um, Calvin Wilson from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch says, In a cinematic world crowded with comic book flicks Ant-Man and the Wasp stands out and that's no small accomplishment (laughs) alright I saw what you did there Calvin Uh, Richard Roper Chicago Sun Times he says even when things get ultra corny which it's a little corny nah it's pretty corny Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp keeps merrily buzzing along oh my gosh how many of these bug or small puns are we going to get um Peter Howell from Toronto Star said, The film cuts superheroes and their oh-so-serious issues down to size. Which is true. It's light. Yeah. Um, let's see. This us get one that was kind of a negative one. Well, um, one more positive one. Ty Burr from Boston Globe said, Ant-Man and the Wasp is dis- a disposable pop trash. Not, not worth taking seriously for a moment and therefore uh, worthy of your attention at this moment. Okay, cool. Um, but it's not meant to be taken serious. I mean, it's Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, let's see. James uh, Bernard or Baranino, whatever, Real re- uh, real Views. I uh, said, plotting, repetitive, replete with tech novel nonsense and lifeless action. This is easily the worst written of any of the 20 MCU offerings and may be the worst all-around film featuring a Marvel superhero since Sony rebooted Spider-Man. Ooh, that's a little harsh, man. I mean, I understand it's not a perfect movie. It's not in my top five. Uh, it probably is. If Now we have 20 films. I don't know. Maybe top 15. If anything, it's like staying there at 10, 11. Um, I, I'll have to think about it more. Um, Roger Moore from Movie Nation said, Underwhelming. Um yeah, I just want to read a couple of these because it, it is interesting. And this is what people do now, you know, and I, I'm just telling you um, not really to persuade you or anything. Uh, I really like having these discussions because it's what I do with my friends, especially because I, uh, I have such a high interest in these characters in this universe. And I grew up um, reading comic books and stuff. So this is more of not really a review, but just me having a discussion about it. Um, and so many people, they read these reviews, they look at the percentage on Rotten Tomatoes, and then they go, oh, it's got a 67%. I'm not going to see that movie. It's like, you don't know if you would like that or not, though. That's just somebody else's opinion and viewpoint. At the end of the day, movies, television, music, anything, it's all art. And art is is like beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You know, it's 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 up for interpretation. It is your own. 
I could go to Ant-Man and the Wasp and go, that was my, my, that's my favorite movie of all time. And you could go into Ant-Man and the Wasp and go, fuck that movie. That shit sucked. Oh my God. I'm going to protest in front of this movie theater and, and to get this movie pulled out. It is not worthy of cinema, you know, and that's just how it goes. Uh, you know, I think it's just easy when we see a majority of people like something that it's like, we all need to want to, you know, jump in the crowd and stuff. But, and then when a majority of people don't like something, it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I don't like that either. But then deep down inside, you really do like it, but you don't want to get made fun of or something. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the critics, for the most part, they had a point, though. And I think that's just what most people would come to the conclusion about it, is that it's just funny, don't take it serious. And, you know, if you do all that, you'll, you'll have a good time. So, anyways, that's going to wrap this up. Um, I went a little bit longer than I thought I was, but, I, you know, I won't do this for every movie. Um, but these Marvel movies, they, they do hold a uh, special place in my heart. And I will do my best next time to have this a little bit tighter and more focused. Um, but I've never really done one of these. I've watched a lot of people do little, you know, reactions or reviews to these Marvel movies or just movies in general. Um, so, you know, I'll get better with this. But it was fun just to talk to y'all. And I hope that y'all got some points um, uh, from this episode that you're like, oh, okay. Oh, cool, cool. Or if you saw and you just want to hear my my take on it. Because like I said, I'm not trying to go, hey, go and see Ant-Man and the Wasps this weekend. You know, I'm not making that any Marvel money. I wish I was. That would be pretty cool, right? Um, <laughs> but let me uh, let me close out the episode with some ways for you to contact the the podcast how about we do that i hope everybody had a good fourth of july though and everybody was safe and had a good time and uh, i hope also that everybody's been enjoying all the other episodes um you know this it's just the beginning we're 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 gonna keep moving full steam ahead um so anyways you guys, if you're already listening to this, you already know how to find us. But, you know, just search Wonder Soul. You can find uh, the podcast on iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, uh, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Anchor, and now Spotify. Uh, I got it set up. So now if you have a Spotify account like I do, I have a Spotify premium. And that's how I listen to my music. That's how I listen to that Drake album that I talked about in another episode, Scorpion. Um, that's how you know I listen to my music. And if you didn't know, Spotify does have podcasts. And Wonder Soul is one of those. Um, you can email the show, uh, which is always encouraging. And um, I look forward and I check the email account daily. Uh, anything, uh, any feedback, positive, negative suggestions, topic ideas, go ahead and throw them my way. Uh, um, open ears. Um, but it's going to be wonder soul. That's W N D R S O U L at gmail.com. And while you're at it, you might as well jump on Instagram or Twitter. If you have any of those, if you don't go ahead and create your one and, you know, follow wonder soul at the wonder soul on Instagram and you can follow the podcast uh, Twitter account, which is at Wondersoul, which is W-N-D-R-S-O-U-L. And we have a Twitch. Yes, we have Twitch. Um, like I stated in, uh, I think the last episode, gaming and stuff like that, that's going to be a goal of mine here in the future. Um, if anything, at first, it will be a way to... Um, broadcast live during these recordings, maybe even do special Q&A episodes so I can interact with the chat. Um, with that being said, the Twitch, uh, you can find the Wonder Soul Twitch at www.twitch.tv slash Wondersoul. Um, and I think that's about it. I think that's the, all the ways you can listen, download, like, comment, subscribe, do all that stuff. You guys know what it is. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. I do appreciate you guys um, sticking around uh, and listening to me geek out, nerd out, and just talk about uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm sure I missed uh, some stuff. And, I, uh, you know, if you guys want to go more in depth sometime, maybe I can I make another episode or do something somehow. Maybe just go on Instagram Live or something and we'll just have a discussion. 
But with that all being said, thank you again. Thank you for your continuing support. Uh, if you know anybody who likes podcasts and even someone who n- never even heard what a podcast is and you think they'll like any of the subjects and topics that I and my friends have been talking about in the previous episodes, please share these episodes with your friends and family. It helps out so much. Uh, it really does. And it helps me stay motivated to uh, keep pumping these episodes out. But with that being said, I'm Bearded Buddha. This was Wondersoul episode nine. It's crazy. Um, we're going to do something special on like f- episode 50 or episode 100. I got something in mind. I'm gonna, I'll am i announce it later. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But anyways, I'm going on too long. I'm talking way too much. Um, y'all enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy your weekend. Whenever you're listening to it, enjoy yourself. Do good. Um, and I'm going to talk to you guys later. Bye. That's enough. That's 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 really very. It's too nice, but uh, not uh, unearned. <laughs> if I don't play some cards tonight and get hammered, I swear to God, I'm gonna go out and punch a dog. What? Where are you gonna be partying tonight, huh? I'm you don't have to tell specifically. I'm gonna be partying at my mom's house. <laughs> Alright, is everybody invited or just select group? <laughs> hey, party my mom's, man. She's out of town. I got a keg. It's gonna be sweet. Yay! Oh. It's a chair. It's the chair. It's leather. I'm sure. You just came back from lunch. I got it. What types of things do you do in your suit that nobody knows about? Um... I, uh, do you, uh, do you, can you, what do you attribute, I mean, and I'm very happy that you're in it, but do you feel like, yes, yes, I belong in the Sexiest Man Alive issue? Well, uh, <laughs> that's the face that got that you say- in. I do. <laughs> it's almost as if our souls were rising up, knocking on the door of heaven and saying, hello, God. <laughs> I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know anything about Ant-Man, but isn't, isn't really just a matter of this? <laughs> or am I... Uh, <laughs> you think? Well, you would know. think. I don't know what I'm talking no, about. The, he's, he's got, he's got a, a few. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you got no movie. I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> not, you know, say I just do the same stuff that everybody else does. <laughs> but I had heard. Uh, I just got a call saying, like, watch Conan tonight. And not that I wouldn't have been anyway. <laughs> Because I thought, Paul, you would look more... Because you, you were preparing for Anchorman. Yeah, I was wondering where you were going yes, with that. No. I, just, I just thought... You, you thought it maybe a little more clean-cut or something? Or just kind of a bit more, you know... Uh, Put together? Yeah. <laughs> I know you're gay. How? You waxed your anus. You know how I know you're gay? How? You waxed my anus. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rudd. Yeah. Tooting. I've never been tooted on in an interview before. Um, how do you feel right now? Um, well, um, I feel a little, I got my stomach's a little upset, but, uh, you know. Yeah, you're gonna take it. You're gonna take that dick. You're gonna take that dick. I'm gonna pop off a piece of my dick. Oh, yeah, I'm fixin' to fuck you. I don't fuck you. That was all my that was all my hair and a real mustache and uh, and sideburns and how did they get it it's so um fabulous <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. I'm gonna get it all up in your vage get it up in your vage with my dick with my dick gonna put it in with my dick I'm gonna put my dick in I think that's my interview right there. These are terrible chairs. They need to replace these chairs. I'm gonna, should we see if we can do this whole interview with you even getting out one question? Uh, Captain America or Iron Man? I'm gonna put my dick in. What's up, man? You hey, all man. right? What's up? 
I'm gonna get on it. I'm gonna put it on your neck and all over your and then your mouth and your mouth. <laughs> that I have a nickname for my. I, I'm so weird to even say it out loud. Uh, a nickname for my penis, and it's called the Octagon. <laughs> But I also have a nickname for my testicles, and that the left one is James Westfall, and the right one is Dr. Kenneth Noisewater. I'm gonna let you finger my balls. I'm gonna slap you in the eye with my with my kilk. Kilk. really trying I'm like I should have just stopped but I didn't and so I'm, I'm like this. and it, it looked like I was basically pleasuring myself to to Michael Douglas giving a monologue and I'm covering it and then he's just and then he just stopped and he just looked at me and said what are you pervert <laughs> oh Peyton was talking about your Ant-Man dance I honestly I, 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 if I knew what he was talking about, I'll go ask him. I really don't know. Give me something to work with. Fake it. You're an actor. Now, the original Ant-Man bitten by a radioactive ant? No, just a, just a, just a great scientist. I'm gonna put my chalk in your, in your. Maybe I could just scrape my dick on you. Just, I'm gonna get, I wanna squeeze out some of that t t t juice. Some of the juice. What? <laughs> you know, like. Well, it depends on the setting. Sometimes I think it's like super funny. You like, think being nude is funny? Oh, it's very funny. Yeah. One of my, one of, one, uh, something I used to do uh, a lot and then I stopped was I thought it this was. This is, this could go anywhere. 